Hello everyone. Hey, Pastor Terry here and welcome to Summit Church Fenton. Hey, this is our midweek Bible study and I am so looking forward to sharing the word of God with you this evening. Hey, I'm going to talk tonight about a subject that I think uh, will do us all well to take a look at. It's, it's, it's something that, that we all need to hear about and know about and, and something we have to have, we have to have in our lives. And, and it's the joy of the Lord. So I want to talk to you tonight about joy. You know, in, in the nation right now, here in the United States and even around the world, there's, there's so much, uh, uh discouragement and so many, uh, things that, that are going on that can cause, uh, uh, depression and, and despair. And, uh, I tell you what, the fix for that is, is the joy of the Lord. And so, uh, let's, let's spend this evening, uh, talking about the joy of the Lord. Okay. Uh, I want to, uh, uh, start with the, uh, the verse that's found in Philippians 4, verse 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. The apostle Paul is writing at the direction of the Holy Spirit to, uh, this church in Philippi. And he says here in verse 4 to the church, the Holy Spirit through Paul to this church, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Now, think about that. Uh, rejoice in the Lord. And then he said not just once in a while or not just occasionally or just when we feel like it, but always. Rejoice in the Lord always. That means all the time. And, uh, no matter what the circumstances or situation, we rejoice in the Lord always. Now, now it's not an easy thing to do all the time, but the Lord said here to do it so we can do it. Okay. So we rejoice in the Lord always. And then again, I will say rejoice. Now, you know, uh, when the Holy Spirit repeats himself, you know, any, anytime we need to, I mean, we need to always listen to him. When he repeats himself, we really need to listen to him. But when he repeats himself in the same verse, I mean, this is something we really need to take a look at. We really need to do is, is rejoice and, and be full of the joy of the Lord. So, uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Now, it's interesting that this verse is in, in the book of Philippians. Um, you know, uh, as you study the book of Philippians, joy is the main theme of that, of that book. And, uh, and it's helpful to know how the, the church in Philippi came into being. And it, 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 it will better help us understand how, how important the joy of the Lord was. In, uh, in, in establishing that church, you know, the apostle Paul, uh, uh, established that church, but, uh, he, he had started out, you can read this in Acts the 16th chapter. He had cast a, a demon out of a, a, a young girl, a fortune teller. And, uh, that upset the, uh, the, the people that were running that fortune teller. They were making money. Off of, off of her ability to tell people's fortunes by the, the familiar, the evil spirit that was in her. And Paul cast that demon out of her and she was set free, but a lot of people were upset. 
And uh, imagine people getting upset because somebody got free of the devil. But it, it took it it took money away from the people, as I said, that were controlling her. And so they were upset there in Philippi. And as a result, uh, Paul and his traveling companion at that time, Silas, were thrown in the Philippian jail. And they were, they, uh, they, well, actually they had been beaten, you know, they, they had their clothes stripped off of them. They were beaten with many, many stripes, the Bible says. They were, they were beat up and they were put in the, the prison, in the worst part, actually, of the prison. Now, you talk about a bad circumstance. I mean, you do something good, you know, at the direction of the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as a result, your thanks is you get beat up and thrown in jail. I mean, that is certainly not a circumstance to be, to be joyful about. But notice I said it's a circumstance not to be joyful about. But, you know, the Bible says we're supposed to rejoice in the Lord always. So anyway, Paul and Silas are in the prison. And, uh, it's interesting what, what, what we see in the midnight hour. At midnight, we do not see Paul and Silas grumbling and complaining. And again, you can read it in Acts, the 16th chapter. They're not grumbling and complaining, but they're rejoicing. They're praising God. They're singing hymns to God. Think about that. Think about that. I'd like to think that I'd, that I'd be doing that under those circumstances. You know, um, you know, I, I would hope that I wouldn't be grumbling and complaining, you know, well, look, I obeyed God. I did what he said do. I helped somebody out. Now here I am in the, in the jail. <laughs> you know, Paul and Silas were praising God, singing hymns in that jail, in the worst part of that jail. They'd been beaten up. You know, they can't be feeling too good, but they're singing hymns and praising God in the midnight. At, the Bible says at midnight. And it's interesting, the Bible says that an earthquake hit that prison. Now, what actually happened was the power of God hit it and shook it. So it wasn't a natural earthquake, as we would think, but it was the power of God hit that prison. It shook that prison. And, uh, every, all the, all the prisoners were miraculously released from their chains. It's interesting, none of them ran off. None of them ran off. And, uh, that's, that's interesting in and of itself. And, and the, the head jailer, the, the, the jailer, the head, head man there, he was about to commit suicide because, you know, all the prisoners escaped. He's going to wind up being put to death, you know, as a result of that. So he's ready to, you know, to fall on his sword, so to speak, and kill himself. And I mean, think about that. And it's really interesting when you, when here in a moment, when I tell you what happened to that guy that almost killed himself, but Paul cried out and said, you know, don't do it, don't do it, you know, because every, all the prisoners' chains were, were, you know, miraculously loosed from them. And the jailer's about to kill himself. Paul says, don't do it, don't do it. And so the jailer runs in there, you know, where, where Paul and Silas is and all of that and says, sirs, you know, he was, he was shaken up. He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And the apostle Paul answered and said, you know, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and, and you'll be saved. And so, uh, what, what happened was, is that, that Philippian jailer got saved. Okay. Received Jesus and got saved. His household, his family got saved. And, and, uh, as far as I can tell, it's very likely that those inmates 
See, what happened was the Philippian jailer and his family get saved and they start this church in Philippi. That's how that church got started. And the pastor who almost killed himself, okay, the, the, the jailer, the head jailer, he gets saved. He becomes the pastor of the, this new church now. It, it was, it was a church that was started, you know, by this, this, this miraculous instance here. Uh, but this, this jailer gets saved. His family gets saved. The Philippian church starts right there. The Philippian jailer is the pastor of the church. Study church history and you'll, you'll, you'll see that. The Bible doesn't state that, but study church history and you'll see that. And I'm convinced, now I can't prove it, but I'm convinced that, that many or if not all of the inmates became the first members of that church. Now, now you think about that. You think about how the Philippian church was, was founded and established. It was, it was this, it all started out with Paul casting a demon out of a fortune teller and then him and Silas got beat up. They're in the jail and instead of crabbing and complaining in the midnight hour, they're singing and rejoicing, always praising God. And then this miraculous thing happened that I just described to you. And the next thing you know, the, the, the jailer who is a heathen, you know, he gets saved and, uh, his family gets saved. And now they got a started church, church in Philippi. He's the pastor. And uh, apparently the inmates probably became members of the church. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that just, I mean, you see how I'm rejoicing just talking about that? I mean, think about that. And, uh, but you see, that wouldn't have happened if Paul and Silas had been in that, in that tough situation, crabbing and complaining. <laughs> but I mean, by faith, you know, it takes faith to please God. You know, walking in joy takes faith. But by faith, they're just singing, praising God. And this miraculous, wonderful thing happens. And, uh, it, you know, and the, you know, the book of James says, James chapter one, verse two says, my brethren, now Paul didn't pen this, but, but James penned it, but the Holy Ghost gave, gave it. He says in James, he says, count it all joy. When you fall into various trials. Well, you know, Paul and Silas, they were in a trial there and they made a decision to count it all joy. And you know, it takes faith, like I said, to do that. You know, what do I mean takes faith? Well, you don't feel like praising God. You don't feel like rejoicing, but you just by faith, you just by faith, you just how to explain it? Just do it anyway, even if you don't feel like it. Remember, faith has nothing to do with feelings. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not perceived with the physical senses. So you don't feel like, you know, praising God or being joyful, but you just do it anyway. And you just, you don't feel like putting a smile on your face, but you just do it anyway. Just do it by faith. Praise by faith. You just do it anyway. <laughs> And that's what Paul and Silas, I'm convinced, did. And look at what a wonderful, wonderful thing happened. <clears throat> a, a new church started. And, and it was a, it was a, uh, very, uh, uh, now all churches that are started at the direction of the Lord are important. This one was, was very significant because, uh, this church was Paul's main financial partner in, in assisting him to finance his ministry of Spreading the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about that. Think about how, how vital this Philippian church was. And it all started 
there when Paul cast a demon out of that fortune teller in, in that prison incident. Think about that. And it's interesting, Paul writes in Philippians 1 verse 12, he says, he's writing to the church in Philippi. Now this verse will mean more to us now that I went through the, the background of the church in Philippi. He says this in Philippians 1 verse 12. He says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me, well, what things? Well, that prison incident and it got beat up and all of that. The things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. And that's so true. I mean, I mean, Paul got beat up, put in prison. And all that happened to him, and it, when that's going on now, that wasn't any fun. It wasn't any fun for Paul and Silas. I think I can say that with, with, with good authority. It wasn't any fun. But they, they, they by faith, they just on purpose, they just praised God and was joyful any, were, were joyful anyway. And, and as a result, that all, that whole incident in the jail there turned out for the good and for the furtherance of the gospel. And you know, it's so true. You know, I know in my life, there's been things that I've gone through that were not joyful. They weren't, they weren't things that I enjoyed going through. And when you're going through those trials and tribulations, they are no fun at all. But if we'll keep a smile on our face, if we'll rejoice in the Lord and just again rejoice in the Lord, you know, God has a way of bringing us through those things and we get out on the other side of them and, 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 you know, you look back years down the road, you look back at those things, you know, those trials and tribulations and you can see how, you know, God used those things. You know, there's a few things in my life where I can see that when I went through them, they were no fun, but he actually used it for furtherance of the gospel. And, uh, and, and actually some of the toughest things I went, have gone through in my life have really, you know, they were no fun when I, when I was going through them, but they've made me, you know, I think a better person for it. And so, you know, that's why the Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, because the things that we go through, those trials that we go through, you know, uh, God has a way, like I said, of working those things out for good and furthering the gospel and bettering off the people around us and bettering us as well. And again, no fun when we're going through them, but when we're in those trials and tribulations, let's count it all joy and let's rejoice. Okay. So now, uh, and like I said, no fun when you're going through those things, those, those tough times, but, uh, we just count it all joy and we rejoice. And, uh, and then let God do his thing. Okay. And, uh, good things can happen as a result. Now, of course, you know, uh, said all that, but now let me, let me, uh, pose this question. You know, why is joy so important? Why is it so important? And let me give you some scriptures, some verses. Why is joy so important? Well, Nehemiah 8 and 10, many of you are familiar with this, but Nehemiah 8 and 10, the last part of that verse says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So right there, I mean, how much more important can you get than that? The joy of the Lord is our strength. So it's important to have the joy of the Lord because it's our strength. Proverbs 17, 22 says, a merry heart does good like a medicine or we could read it like, excuse me, we could read it like this. 
A joyful heart does good like a medicine. So not only is the joy of the Lord our strength, but you can see it's like, it's like medicine to us. Uh, I, I know that there's been, been times in my life where I've been discouraged and down and whatnot. And, and all of a sudden, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, whatever the cause, I just get to laughing about something and laugh and laugh. And, and, and it's just it, that laughing, that laughter, it's like medicine. And, uh, I tell you, there's nothing quite like having a good, uncontrollable, uh, good, uncontrollable laugh. I mean, they're just, just where you just just go on for minutes and minutes and minutes and just laugh. <laughs> I mean, just you know, just laughing and laugh. I, there's nothing quite like it, you know. And uh, it does you good. And so, uh, so the joy of the Lord is not only our strength, but it it, it can act as medicine. And uh, and then here's here's an interesting one. Psalm 105 verse 43. Psalm 105 verse 43 says. That God brought his people. Now this is talking about when the Israelites were in bondage, you know, in, in, in Egyptian bondage. It, it, the Bible says he brought out his people with joy, with joy, his chosen ones with gladness. So, you know, if you're in bondage of some sort, just count it all joy. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, rejoice in the Lord always. And, and God, will use this this spiritual force of joy, his joy to strengthen you and bring you out of that that bad situation you're in. Just like he brought Paul and Silas out of that bad situation they were in, turned it around for good and and started a, a very vital church as a result. So it's a way out of bondage. Praise God, the joy of the Lord. And then in Acts 20, verses 23 and 24, the apostle Paul here, he, he writes and, and he says, uh, I, he's getting ready to go to Jerusalem and some, some, uh, uh some, some tough things are going to happen to him there. And he says in verse 23, except the Holy Spirit testifies in every city saying that chains and uh, tribulations await me. But none of these things move me. Now, you think about a man that was established in the joy of the Lord, the apostle Paul, man, he's established in the joy of the Lord and he's headed to Jerusalem. He knows that tr- chains and tribulations await me. And then he says, verse 24, none of these things move me. Uh, you know, I don't know too many people that'd be, maybe including myself, that would be responding that way, but, but, but we should. And, and if we're not there yet, we need to get there where we can say, you know, none of these things move me. None of these things move me. Whatever it is, in Paul's case, it was chains and tribulations were awaiting him there in Jerusalem. But whatever it is in your life or my life, let's get a, let's get to a point where we get so established in the joy of the Lord that no matter what we're facing, we can say, none of these things move me. And that's what he said. Then he said, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. See, another reason joy is so important is, is that's how you're going to successfully finish your race for the Lord, is with joy. He said that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So the joy of the Lord is the means by which that we'll successfully finish our race for the Lord. And it, it makes sense because the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, in our medicine, and that's how you're going to be able to finish your your course for the Lord, 
your race for the Lord is you're going to have to be full of strength and, 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 and well and, uh, you know, in all aspects of your life. And so, uh, that's how we finish our, finish our, finish our race with joy. So the joy of the Lord is our, our strength. It's our medicine. It's the way God brings us out of bondage. That's, a, that's important. If you're, I want to say it again. If you're in the middle of a situation, you feel like you're in bondage, you count it all joy. Do it by faith, even if you don't feel like it. And uh, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice always in the Lord. And God, He has a way of... Because of, of, when you're in the joy of the Lord, there's the strength of the Lord, see? And He can bring you out of that bondage and cause you to successfully finish your course. Now, let me let me pose another question here. How can a Christian have joy in the quote-unquote midnight hour when the circumstances are bad? You know, I think that's a good question. And uh, so I'm trying to make this message, you know, practical. How, how you know, so say some practical things. How, how can you have joy in the midnight hour? Um, we've seen why joy is important, but now how can you have it? Very practical question here. How can you have joy in the midnight hour when the circumstances are bad? Well, in Galatians, the fifth chapter, you need to understand this. If you've repented of your sins and received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then you got born again. And the Holy Spirit, He's in your spirit. He changed you. You became a new creation in Christ Jesus. And when you got born again, the Holy Spirit deposited in your spirit, when He came in there, He deposited in your spirit nine fruit, what the Bible calls spiritual fruit. And one of them is joy. And in Galatians 5.22, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love. Then the second one is joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. See, all of those fruit are inside of you in your spirit. If, if you're born again, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, those fruit are in your spirit. And, uh, and so joy is in there. Joy is on the inside of you. If you're a real Christian, you've been born again of the Spirit of God, then the joy of the Lord is in your spirit. Now that's good to know. You know, there's a lot of Christians don't know that. But, uh, but, but that's what the Bible says. So, so the joy of the Lord along with these other fruit are in our spirits, are on the inside of us when we get saved, you know. And, and so, we, uh, we, we, we need then to, uh, let those fruit develop and get stronger and stronger and stronger and, and, and grow. Just like fruit would grow on a tree or whatnot, that the, the fruit of the spirit can grow, uh, you know, on the inside of you. And, uh, uh, now before I say more on that, I, I, I do want to say this, and then we'll come right back to what I was talking about, but I don't want to miss this. And, uh, I want you to get it. I want to, I, I want to just take a little side journey here and just say this. I, I probably should have said it earlier, but, but I, I want to say it here and then we'll get back to the fruit of the spirit here. But there's a difference between joy and happiness. There's a difference between joy and happiness. A lot of people don't know what I'm about to say, but this is important. Happiness is a feeling based on circumstances, okay? Circumstances are good, you're happy. Circumstances are bad, 
then you're not happy or you're sad, okay? So happiness is a feeling based on circumstances. What I'm talking about here tonight is not happiness, okay? I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about the spiritual force of the joy of the Lord. See, the joy of the Lord, as I said, is a fruit of the human, is, is the Bible said is a fruit of the, of the Holy Spirit being on the inside of you when you get saved. And, and that joy is in there. And, 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 and you need to know what that joy is based on. And I'll give you scripture here in a minute for it. But that joy, the joy of the Lord is not based on circumstances like happiness is. The joy of the Lord is based on the word of God, which never changes. That's why we can rejoice always. Because the joy of the Lord is based on the word of God and the word of God never changes. Okay? So we can have joy when there's no reason to be happy. Okay? And I believe that'll help some people right there. Okay? So happiness again is a feeling based on circumstances and circumstances can change. You know, they can change with the weather, you know? And the circumstances are good. We're happy. Circumstances are bad, we're not happy, or we're sad, you know. So circumstances can change. So happiness is based on circumstances. Happiness is a feeling based on circumstance. See, see, happiness is, isn't connected to, to faith. You understand that? Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen or felt. See, happiness is something that's, that's based on circumstances. Okay? And again, circumstances change, so you can be happy, you can be sad, whatever. But the joy of the Lord is something totally different. It's a spiritual force. And it's based on the word of God. It's based on faith. Okay? And, and, and the word of God never changes. Okay? And because the word of God never changes, you can always have joy. You can rejoice in the Lord always. Okay, you can count the bad situations. When you're in the middle of those, you can count them as all joy. Why? Because the word of God never changes. And the joy of the Lord is based on the word of God. So you can have joy when there's no reason in the world to be happy. You can have, you can, you know, you can, you can have a smile on your face when, when there's all kinds of circumstantial reasons to have a frown. You know, if you think about it, the time in which we live with this COVID-19 and, and all the, the discouraging uh, things that are going on around us here in, the, in, in our country, you know, uh, hey, this is a time for Christians to not go around moping. This is a time for us to, 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 to yield to the Holy Spirit, and, and this is a time for us to shine and let the Spirit of God let, let the Lord Jesus, let the Heavenly Father shine through us and with the joy of the Lord. And, uh, no matter how bad it gets in this nation, it, 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 this is a time like no other to, to, for Christians to let this spiritual fruit of joy rise up and, 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 and let the people around us that don't know the Lord, you know, that, that, that don't have joy and they're sad and despondent and suicidal and, all of that. Let them see the, the, the joy of the Lord that's in us and let that be a great encouragement for them. Okay. And they'll want 
you know, they'll want what we got and then we can tell them how we got it through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and standing on his holy written word. Okay. So, hey, you know, this, 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 this time of COVID, no, it's no fun in this lockdown and all this social distancing. It's no fun. It's not enjoyable. You know, people dealing in the land, even some high profile people that, you know, popular people have come out and said they're dealing with depression and this and that and the other. And, and it is, is a depressing environment. You know, can't go where we used to go, do what we, what we used to do the way we'd like to. But hey, Hey, what do we do? We count it all joy. We rejoice in the Lord always. And again, we rejoice and, and let the joy of the Lord rise up on the inside of us. And we've got a smile. We've got, we've got, you know, we're, we're, we're smiling and laughing and you know what I'm talking about. We've got a spark about us when others don't. And then they'll want what we've got. Okay. Uh, you see what I'm saying? So joy and happiness, two different things. So, uh, we've got the joy of the Lord in us when we get saved, but here's something you need to know, that joy can be more or less full. Now, that's that's good to know. Just because you have the joy of the Lord in you does not mean that it's being manifested or it's manifesting to its full. I, I mean, I, I know any number of Christians, and, and I've been there myself, you know, and it, it, you know, where, where, you know, we've got joy in us, all right, but bad circumstances hit and, 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 you know, we don't look any different than the world a lot of times as Christians when we should be full of joy. We're not. Well, why is that? Because of this. Because joy can be more full or less full. Okay. And, and, and it's up to us to keep the joy of the Lord at full force. In our lives. Now, having said that, just just to kind of prove to you what I just said, let's go to Joel, the book of Joel in the Old Testament, uh, Joel chapter one, verse twelve. Now, listen to this. Now, there was some uh, tough circumstances going on here when the Spirit of God had the prophet Joel write this. But notice what he says here in Joel one, verse twelve. He says, "The vine has dried up." The fig tree has withered, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree. So it's withered up. Everything's withered up. All the trees of the field are withered. Think about that. Everything's withered up. And then he says, surely joy has withered away from the sons of men. Now think about that. You can have joy on the inside of you, but it can be, it can be withered or it can be Let's say it another way, at a very low level of manifestation. And that's why a lot of times you see Christians, you know, get hit with things just like the sinners in the world get hit with things and they act the same way. There's no more joy about the Christian than there is the sinner. Why is that? You know, the Christian's got joy in them, the joy of the Lord, but the sinner doesn't because they've never been saved yet, you know. Why is that? Well, it's because the Christian hasn't developed that joy. The Christian hasn't done what's necessary to develop that joy. I'm going to show you here in just a moment how, how, how that's done. See, it's up to us as Christians to keep the joy of the Lord that we got when we got saved. It's up to us to keep that at a high level of manifestation. Okay. So it's possible for joy to wither away. Okay. And be at a very low level of manifestation. 
It's possible that, and I'll show you how to do it here in just a moment, how to keep that joy at full bore. That's what we want. That's when we look different than the world. That's when, when we, when, when the world wants what we got, we can tell them about Jesus, see? See, the world isn't interested in, in us as Christians if we're acting just like them and sometimes acting worse than them. Huh? The world wants something, you know, they, they, they want the, they want the, they want the joy of the Lord. They just don't realize it a lot of times until they see it manifesting in us. And then they'll say, Hey, uh, I've had people ask me, how come you're, how come, how come you're, you got a smile on your face? <laughs> Why is that? Well, then I'm able to tell them about Jesus. See? Okay. So here's, a, here's another verse in Psalm 51 verse 12. The, uh, remember, uh, King David, he had, he had committed sin and, and, and all of that. And he was repenting now. He was at a place of repentance. And he cries out in Psalm 51 verse 12. He cries out to the Lord. And he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Now, of course, it's God's salvation, but notice he said, restore unto me the joy. The joy. Now, he didn't lose his salvation, but he lost the joy of it. Why? Because of sin in his life. Okay? You know, when Christians have sin in their life, I tell you what, take it from me. I've watched this so many times over the years with so many Christians over the last 35 plus years, and, and I've experienced it in my life. You know, when there's things in, in a Christian's life or when there's been things in my life over the years that shouldn't be there, you know? It, 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 there's something about uh, sin. Sin. There's something about not living right, you know, as you should. That will that will will cause joy to be at very low a low level of manifestation. Okay. And so I've seen Christians and have dealt with it myself over the years. You know, where 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 Christians have missed it or I've missed it, and and that that joy level is is low. And that's what happened with David. He. You know, he's a man after God's own heart, the psalmist, sweet psalmist of Israel, and all of that. You know, God made him king, and and he he messed up bad. He committed adultery, was accessory to murder. I mean, and all of that. I won't go through through all that right now. But I mean, it just just zapped the joy of his salvation. But he came to a place of repentance, and he repented, and then he said, "Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation." So. Uh, what do we learn from this? That, that here's King David and his joy level was low. I mean low because of his sin. It was low and, and he wanted that joy back. So he repented. And uh, by the way, if you, if you're listening to me and you got things in your life that should not be there, uh, I tell you what, you just repent of those things. Get those things out. The Bible says if we'll repent and confess our sins to the Lord, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I tell you what, you, you do that. You really do it and mean it. I tell you what, that joy that you've been, been, been missing, it'll come back. It will. And, uh, but, but the point here is, is just like the trees withered there in Joel, you know, and, 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 and joy had withered away. Well, same thing in David's life. The joy had withered away. But, uh, but, but David wanted it back and, and he got it back. Praise God. Cause he repented. But the point is joy can be more full or less full. Okay. And so here's the thing. And I want to close my message here this evening with this. How do we keep our joy full? How do we keep the joy of the Lord that, that, that came 
on the inside of us when we got born again, when we became a Christian, how how do we keep that joy at full and high levels of manifestation? And so I'll close by telling you. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1, verse 4. 1 John, now not the Gospel of John, this is the letter, one of his epistles. 1 John 1, verse 4, he says this, And these things we write. Now, if you have your Bible there or you're taking notes, you you know, make a note of this or underline this in your Bible. For these things we write to you that your joy may be full. See that? Now, these things we write. So what's he writing? He's writing the word of God. Okay, First John is part of the word of God. So these things we write to you so that your joy may be full. So what can we conclude? That the written word, as we spend time in the holy written word of God, in the Holy Bible, as we spend time reading and studying and meditating upon the word of God, that will keep the joy of the Lord full and at a high level of manifestation in our life. So that's, that's one way, the written words. That's why it's so important that we stay in the written word of God every day, every day, stay in the word of God, you know. Uh, you know, maybe some of you, you know, and most people can't spend hours and hours and hours in the Word every day, but you can spend some time in the Word. So, uh, you know, I, I liken it to taking a shower, you know. Sometimes I come in from cutting grass and I'm all sweaty and got grass all over and everything. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't have to be in the shower very long to, 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 to get clean for it to have it make a difference, you know. And, uh, and so why did I say that? Well, you know, just like a, a, a five or 10 minute shower can, can make a big difference, you know? Well, let me tell you what, just five or 10 minutes in the Word of God a day can make a big difference. Now, spend more time than that if you can. Spend as much time as you can, but five, 10, 15 minutes sure does beat nothing, you know? Just like, just like a, you know, a five, a five minute shower. Just a five minute shower, ten minute shower. I know when I come in from grass cutting, you just ask my wife. I look dreadful, smell dreadful. But just, you know, after about ten minutes in the shower, I'm all nice and clean, ready to go. She's ready to hug me and kiss my cheek, you know. And, uh, uh so it doesn't take long, you know, in the shower to get clean. Well, it doesn't, you don't have to spend hours and hours in the Word of God for it to make a good difference in your life. Now spend as much time as you can. You see what I'm saying? Maybe that helps somebody right there. But so spend some time in the written word every day. And then here's the next one. Look at John. Now this is John's gospel account. John 15 verses 11 and 12 says this. Now, now Jesus is speaking here and he says, these things I have spoken. Now there, if you have your Bible, highlight or underline that word spoken. I've spoken to you. These things have I spoken to you. That my joy, see it's the joy of the Lord, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Wow. So, so there it is. We're talking about how do we keep the joy of the Lord full at high levels of manifestation in our life? Well, we've seen the written word and now it's the spoken word. The spoken word. 
Uh, and he said, these things I've spoken to you. Jesus is speaking. That's the word of God. That my joy, his joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. See? And so, uh, it's, it's not just spending time in the written word, but hey, find you some good ministers. Find you some good ministers. Find you some, some, and your pastor, every Christian, listen, every Christian has, God has a, a local church and a pastor for every Christian. Absolutely. I've said this for years. If, if you're a Christian and you don't attend a local church and you've not submitted yourself to that church and, and, and to a pastor, to a pastor there in pastoral authority, hey, I don't mean this ugly, but you're out of the will of God. God has a local church and a pastor for every Christian. So, so sit under your pastor, go to church, you know, regularly and sit under, you know, sit under your pastor. And, and I mean more than just once or twice a month. I mean, go there weekly and sit under the word of God and, and, and find you, maybe find you another minister or two that you're, however many that you enjoy. Let me, let me say that right. Not that, Holy Ghost corrected me here now. Okay. Not that you enjoy. Now that's going to throw a wrench in somebody's, uh, machinery. Holy Spirit corrected me right there. No, you don't, you don't go to the church that you enjoy going to. You let God pick your church for you. Okay. I've been saying this for decades. You let God pick your church for you. You don't pick your church, God does, okay? You seek him and find out where he wants you to go. You don't pick your pastor. Oh, I go there because he tells such funny little stories. No, you don't. He's not your pastor unless God has selected him to be your pastor, okay? So you find out from the Lord where you're supposed to go to church and who your pastor is, okay? And then you go sit under that 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 teaching, that spoken word on a regular basis, and then find, I'd advise you, find, find you a few other ministers beside your pastor, you know, now be faithful there to your home local church where God assigns you, but, uh, you know, find you a couple other ministers, maybe one, two, three others, you know, and, uh, and, and listen to them, but don't, uh, what the Spirit of God corrected me on there, don't find ones that you enjoy, find ones that God tells you to listen to. Okay? Find ones that God tells you to listen to. Alright? God knows what you need to hear when you need to hear it. So, so you stay hooked into your local pastor first and foremost, but then nothing wrong with having a couple other ministers that you listen to, but don't, don't listen to them because you enjoy them. Listen to them because God assigns you to listen to them. Seek the Lord. Okay? So now the Lord wanted me to get that, that right. You don't just, too many Christians just, Going to church where they, oh, I enjoy it. I like this there. I like that there. Oh, I listen to this one because I like, you know, the funny stories that they tell. I understand that. But look, look, you need to find out where God wants you to be, who he wants you to be listening to. And then you need to be where he wants you to be and listen to the ministers he wants you to listen to. Okay. Now, maybe that helps somebody. Okay. But here's the point. You need to be in the written word of God regularly and you need to be listening to the word of God. A preacher preaching. There's no man, there's nothing like having a preacher that God has assigned you to listen to preach the word of God. I mean, I mean growing up for me one of them was R. W. Shambach. 
I mean, my goodness gracious, he would come on every weeknight. He'd come on for 15 minutes. I mean, praise God, I'd lay there on the floor in my mother's living room, you know, with my earphones on. And I'm going to tell you what, R.W. Shambach, whoo, glory to God, he'd get going. And I mean, I just, nothing like it, the power of God. And then he, and then come up right after him was the apostle Johnny Washington. I don't know if anybody has, has heard of him, but I tell you what, I, I think he was up out in New York. I tell you what, our nation could use some preaching by the apostle Johnny Washington. I, I think he's in heaven now, but our nation could use some of that kind of preaching. I tell you what, the apostle Johnny Washington, my goodness gracious. Glory to God. See, I'm thinking back on listening to those guys preach. I mean, they preached under the power of God. Oh, what joy that stirred in me. Can't you sense it? I mean, that joy just stirred in me, in me listening to those men of God preach the word of God. Glory to God. So it's the written word. <laughs> joy of the Lord's all over this room right now. It's all over me. Praise God. Trust it comes through that, that camera there to you where you're at. Hey, look. You stay in the written word, stay under the spoken word. And then the last one is this, Psalm 1611, Psalm 1611. And before I read that, I want to say this, just looking at my notes here. See, we're talking about the written word, the spoken word. See, that's why the devil comes immediately to steal the word, the word of God from you, because it's the word of God that causes the joy of the Lord to be full in our life. And if the devil can steal the word from you, now he can't steal it from you if you'll pay full attention to it and, and, and stay in it and, and seek it out, you know, seek the Bible out and study. If you do that, the devil can't steal the word from you. But sad to say so many Christians hear the word of God on Sunday or whenever and then they don't think much about it until the next Sunday. And if, if, if those kind of Christians, you know, not trying to put anybody down, just trying to help folk. But you just listen to the Word of God and you don't pay pay much attention to it. And, oh, well, it's a nice little sermon today. I tell you what, the devil will have that Word. I used to say, say he'd have it stole from you before you got to your car, but he'll have it stole from you before you get to the back door to leave the sanctuary. Okay, we have to pay more attention to the Word of God than just just hearing a little sermon or listening, just listening. We got, man, I mean, get a notebook, start taking notes, start underlining things in your Bible. I mean, study, get in that word, study, listen to good ministers, as, as we've said, and uh, and pay full attention to the word of God. You know, if we'll do that. The devil can't steal it from us. But, but you see why the devil does come to steal the word, because if he can steal the word, then he steals your source for joy. And then if he steals your source for joy, then he's got your strength. He's got your health. We've already talked about that. So, so that's why the devil comes. He's after that word. If he can get that word from you, he's got your strength. He's got your health. He can get your finances. Okay. So you stay in the word of God. Stay under the written word. Stay in the written word. Stay under the spoken word. And then finally, Psalm 1611 says, uh, the psalmist writes here, you will show me the path of life. He says to the Lord, he says, you'll show me the path of life. And then he says this, in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In your presence is fullness. See, there it is, is fullness of joy. See, how do we keep the, the, the joy of the Lord at full, full in our life or high levels of manifestation? It's being in his presence. 
being in the presence of God. Just, just, you know, when you go to church and worship him, you're in the presence of God, but you don't have to go to church to be in the presence of God right there in your home or wherever it is, in your car, wherever it is you are. Just, just begin to worship God, go into his presence and tell you what, you stay in his presence. In his presence is fullness. Notice what the Bible said, Psalm 1611, in your presence is fullness of joy. So it's the written word of God. It's the spoken word of God. It's being in the presence of God that will keep the joy of the Lord full in our lives. And then that joy will be seen by those who are, who are down and discouraged and, uh, and God will be able to work good things. Not only will we be, uh, full of, of strength and power and health and provision, because that's what the joy of the Lord produces, but we'll be able to be a blessing to others with it. Okay. So, hey, uh, leave you with this verse as, as I'm getting ready to, to, to sign out here. Isaiah 55, 12, Isaiah 55, 12 says, you shall go out with joy. You shall go out with joy. I often tell this story when I was looking for a wife. I, you know, wouldn't it have been nice if I could have gone in the Bible and, you know, you shall go out with Diane. The only thing the Bible said, you'll go out with joy. But I wasn't in love with joy. I was in love with Diane. But I, I say that as a little funny, funny, uh, uh, little thing. But, uh, but, and thank God for my wife. I mean, God has blessed me with the, just the greatest wife. And I tell you what, she's brought so much joy and happiness into my life. But, but anyway, here's what the Bible says. It says, you shall go out with joy. So that's how I'm going to sign out here. I'm signing out with the joy of the Lord. So, hey, I hope this helped you this evening. I, it's helped me. I've got, I, I sense a greater level of joy now than when I started about 49 minutes and 55 seconds ago. So, hey, hey, let's go out with joy. And uh, not just as we sign off here, but let's go out into the world with the joy of the Lord and make a difference for God. Okay. Hey, uh, God bless you. Uh, like I said, hope you enjoyed this tonight. Hope, hope it was a blessing to you. And uh, don't forget Pastor Diane on Friday evening. She's teaching on the Beatitudes. She's doing a great job with that. And then this next Sunday, Summit Church, Fenton, 10 a.m. We're going to continue with, uh, with the uh, uh, healing crusades of Jesus. Jesus healing crusades. So, hey, God bless you, and I'll see you soon. Okay, bye-bye.